Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Lovecast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. In the current episode, we're going to take a look at the sheep markets. I'm joined by Declan Fennell, Sheep Sector Manager with Port Bia. Declan starts off by discussing the trends he's seen in the market in the past 12 months, some of the challenges the red meat sector has faced, and some opportunities have arisen both in expanding markets and in new markets for Irish lamb. We discussed the impact of the COVID-19 crisis on the sheep sector over the past month, how the restrictions have influenced consumer demand both domestically and in other countries, and what if any restrictions there are on the transport of meat. We finish up by discussing the potential outlook for the sheep sector for the coming 12 months and where he sees trade going. Declan, thanks very much for taking the time out to join us. Certainly, challenging circumstances we find ourselves in at the moment. And we might just chat for a few minutes what's happening in the sheep sector, particularly the lamb meat sector. Maybe just Declan to start off um, as an opener. Look, we've had a challenge in 12 months in the red meat sector as a whole, particularly on the lamb side of it as well. What trends have you seen in the markets over the past 12 months? Um, hi, Kieran. Um, okay. I suppose if you, if you look back over the last 12 months and even say what was 2019 to feature, I'd say volatility. Um, and particularly when I look from an Irish sheep farmer's point of view, particularly last year from the summer months all the way through to all the way almost November, uh, we saw prices under pressure. And really the factor behind that was Brexit. Um, the impending deadline of a, of a hard or a Brexit deal at the end of November, um, UK farmers were putting a lot of UK product on the market. Uh, Sterling was giving them advantage. They were much more competitive and put pressure on us. Um, and I suppose that that was a real standard issue. Very briefly, and I will talk more about this. Twenty twenty, it's two words: disruption and uncertainty. Uh, obviously, COVID nineteen is having a huge, huge impact um, in terms of the the global sheep meat market, and indeed here in Ireland. But I, I, it, it's always interesting, and, and one thing, um, Kieran, is it just, you know, we are an export-focused um, producer, sheep meat exporter. You know, we export about 75% of what we produce. So it's the external things that are happening in the market that have a big play in terms of prices, in terms of demand. Um, the only thing we control here really is supply. And I, I suppose to give you a sense of what's happened in the global marketplace, China has been in the driving seat for the last 12 months in terms of global sheep meat market. A few things happening there. We're very familiar with the whole sort of Western um, focus of consuming more proteins and red meat is a, ben- is a beneficiary of that to include lamb. African swine fever, uh, reduction in pork in the domestic market in China has accelerated demand on beef and lamb. So what's happened is the likes of Australia and New Zealand have been filling that sort of gap there, okay? And um, as they fill that gap, it means less product has gone into Europe. So last year, if you look at it, I think it was 50% of the NZ quota. There's 214,000 tonnes that they can ship into the EU. They only fill 50% of that. So less New Zealand, okay? That was one of the positive things in the market last year was that change over in it. Yeah, it, it, as I say, um, you know, Europe wasn't without its woes. There was uncertainty in Europe in terms of Brexit. Um, so consumers are, are still watching their spending. But the fact that we saw less New Zealand product coming into Europe, um, that, was, that was a big factor. And it meant 
it gave Irish exporters um, a, a better opportunity and we were more competitive about putting product into European customers, um, be it retail, be it food service, etc. So that that's that's a that's a big factor and an underlying factor, as also other things. And and again, I just go on on the global things. It's things that we all we sometimes don't see have a positive and negative fact, effect on us. But if you look at the um, look at around the Middle East and you look at North Africa, the price of oil was very strong. What's the significance of that? Price of oil is strong in the Middle East. People, consumers had money. Um, live sheep meat exports going into the Middle East, North Africa there last year were very, very strong. And the implication of that, Kieran, is, is that we saw a lot more Romanian and more so Spanish live sheep leaving Europe, going to North Africa, to like to Libya or going into the Middle East. And that's taking that's taking product out of Europe. And again, it's 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 taking pressure out of the system. Um, so in terms of 2019, probably we will all remember 2019 was it was a good, from a sheep farmer's perspective, from growing grass, it was a good year. It was a good lambing, lambing, um, lambing months. Um, but the real, I suppose, the damage and the real sort of um, pressure points was really, you know, price returns. Price returns on on spring lambs when we were in peak production from June all the way through to November we were under pressure and, and that was mainly a Brexit feature. So like as you, as you said the, the positives were the opportunities were presented and certainly greater share of the European market but the legacy of Brexit carrying into the latter months of the year was certainly felt I think by most producers. Just something you mentioned there earlier and look it's it's very timely at the moment the COVID-19 restrictions We've seen a lot of flux in the market here over the last couple of weeks, yeah. even more so if we look across the water, our price is changing. What has happened to the markets over the last month or so since these restrictions have come into force? Yeah, um, certainly a good question. And, and if, if you look at COVID and just even track it, um, COVID-19 became um, a, a word and, and familiar to all of us around the end of January when we heard it broke out in, in China. And at that stage, that was 11 weeks ago, and it was an issue over in China and not here in this part of the world. Put your minds back to around St. Paddy's Day, uh, that's five weeks ago. We then saw the sort of implications of things happening, schools being closed down. Progressively, we moved into a stage of sort of a shutdown. And the way I'd look at it here, both in Ireland and across Europe, is what happened as a result? Well, number one is um, you, you had shutdowns in terms of some countries, such as Spain and Italy, just shut down and people were... were um, I suppose, on a lockdown situation. Parallel to that is, at the same time, all those utilities, restaurants, hotels, um, any outlet that's selling food shut down on lockdown. So you had a complete lockdown of food service, um, hospitality area, and that had a real impact in terms of both here in Ireland, but also on the continent. Um, product wasn't being sold, product wasn't being ordered, so food service came to a complete and sudden halt. At the same time, that lockdown, I suppose, put a sense of panic into people and people started to stockpile. So when I look at the flip side and you look at food service, food service probably went through, uh, and we've seen from records or reports this week from Kantar, sales of, of all grocery items across retail has been very, very strong. In the case of meat here in Ireland, I think some retailers have reported double-digit growth, something like 20% increase in terms of meat. Uh, beef, lamb, and pork sales, and we saw if you if you look in the month of March, those weeks from Paddy's week, we had three weeks of a very very strong kill, big throughput. Okay, 
um, and people were stockpiling and retail was doing well. And retail has compensated to some extent on food service. Having said that, it hasn't hidden a problem. Uh, consumption has gotten fallen back significantly. I'm talking about the total consumption of meats and in particular in terms of sheep meat. What's been, I suppose, a godsend in terms of the timing of this was COVID-19 COVID is, is certainly creating much more of an interference distribution in terms of the whole supply chain. But in the last, let's say, week to 10 days, um, the whole sector has been gearing up towards Easter. And I suppose that's a real factor, Kieran, that the Easter trade has kind of underpinned the market. It's, it's maintained, if not given a bit of a nudge, and prices rallied on, um, particularly in Hoggets and, and, and to some extent on spring lambs. But that's, that's a big factor. And at the same time, uh, numbers are tightening up. You know, this is the period where Hoggets start to tighten up. It's still a number of weeks before we'll see peak production of new season lamb. So it's, it's um, I suppose... The market is challenged, um, and I suppose I go back to the, to the to the equation is supply and demand. Demand literally on a food service has fallen off a cliff edge. It has stopped. In terms, to some extent, retail has carried that. Um, Easter helped has helped us to carry it. I suppose it's looking over the next number of weeks. Um, if numbers remain tight, and it all goes back to the base of supply and demand, we do have. Ramadan, that'll kick off towards um, what is the 24th to the 25th of, of April. Ramadan normally, and I use the word normally, gives a, a drives on, and it will this year. But the question is, Kieran, is how big will that drive and that demand be? Um, the, the extent of that cushion you're going to get from it. I would, and we would hope, and, and I suppose the one thing is, and I said from the out, out, outset, is disruption and uncertainty. The one thing everybody wants and the one thing that is lacking is in terms of trying to have more certainty and, and injecting confidence confidence into the market. Obviously, Ramadan does give us a sense of confidence and hope, um, but it, 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 it'll be an interesting period in terms of, of the next couple of weeks and where we are. I think it's certainly been interesting. That increase in retail trade, very important for us because it is a challenge to increase consumption. But it has been interesting that it has, to some extent, cushioned that drop off in the retail trade that we're dependent on in the sheep sector. You mentioned disrupting disruptions you have. I suppose another key question is, are the restrictions in other countries affecting the movement of meat? As we are such a large exporting nation, it's certainly a concern on the radar. Um, good question. From a, a logistical point of view, and I suppose benefits of being in this EU where we have seamless movement over, over borders, movement in general is working. I won't say it's not without its problems. There are delays, there's more checks, there's balances, but things are moving. Now, we've heard the stories there in the likes of Poland um, that, you know, to be in long tailbacks. But, you know, our main exports market, when you're looking going up to Sweden, to Denmark, to Germany, um, France um, and Belgium, no, no significant, I suppose, interruption in terms of movement of trucks. However, the big disruption that's happening now is, is that you're starting to move into markets where localization or nationalization is becoming more to the fore. So, in, and we see it particularly in France, um, no different to ourselves, Kieran. French farmers are under pressure, be it them sheep farmers. 
And with, with those market channels closed down, be it the restaurants, the manufacturing, school canteens, etc., um, there's an emphasis of, well, let's source and let's promote our own product. And nationalization is, is becoming a bigger, bigger thing uh, across European markets. No it's, different here. Is that affecting demand in those countries? Like we've seen an increase in retail trade, similar to what we see here in France and some of our other main consumers. Um, it, it, it's a contributing factor. Um, the, 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 the main thing, which is this curb and demand is really is, you know, we, you've turned the valve off on people being able to go and eat out in a restaurant or people from a tourism going eating in hotels or whatever. So the whole valve of how everybody is living and behaving, we're not going out anymore. Everyone, if you're buying food, it's going down to your local supermarket and it's either the basket or the trolley shop. So that's the main thing. Uh, but when people are in that supermarket, um, and in, particularly in some markets, and I use France as an example because they're, they're very nationalistic, when they do go and choose to purchase they're purchasing and putting a preference on French product and in French lamb um, and, and not just a lamb, but, but other product. And similarly, retailers on the continent are putting more focus on domestically produced product. What, what we're doing here in Ireland is, and I think it's important as Irish consumers, um, we're all in lockdown equally. Um, we want to ensure that people are eating, you know, well, but they're, they're, they're eating and, and preferably um, we're putting a huge emphasis in terms of promoting Irish produce. Um, I suppose we're we're currently in in the, um, involved in a four week promotional TV campaign where we're promoting the whole broad basket of of fresh produce, to include lamb, include beef and seafood, etc., and all those products which are carrying the quality assurance mark. So that's that's important, and it's important that. Also, um, we'll get through this. You know, COVID nineteen at some stage will settle. It will hopefully it will go. There will be a new norm. Uh, the marketplace will get back into a very very gradual transitional uh, way of getting back into normality. But I think it's important that we've got to be ready, uh, and we've got to be ready when things correct themselves. For be it through our fourteen international market offices, um, where I suppose everybody is primed. The big thing at the moment is it's about engagement. It's about discussing. It's about keeping in contact with your customers and understanding where the pressure points, how we can assist. But most importantly is um, it's about ensuring that what we're doing, selling into the market, we continue to assist and promote. And when we do get, I suppose, the correction and things move back into the, the normal trading environment, that we're out there, we're out there, I suppose, at those international trade shows, bringing in international buyers into Ireland so they can see firsthand how we produce our sheep meat and um, doing all those sort of components in terms of how we promote, how we build relationships, how we build reputation. And probably the one thing, Kieran, I'd say is look back over the last, I suppose, 12 months, we, we've had a success in terms of market access and getting into place like Japan. Um, Japan, high value market. Um, they import 30,000 tonnes of sheep meat per annum. I regard it as a um, high value market. It, it, it mightn't be a market that we'd be exporting significant volumes, but I think it's the messaging in that part of the world uh, and the influence that they have. And, and I say that is, um, it was a huge vote of confidence for Japan to, to, to open up the market for Irish sheep meat. We're, I suppose, working hard 
and you know confident that we're getting closer and closer to China to get market access into China. So the big thing really is, what would I say is, let's do you know let's focus on what we can control. Um, um, key things in terms of our sort of focus is is about in the home market, reassuring, uh, promoting our quality assured product, including lamb and other products. In the international markets, about staying in close contact with our customers, um, and it's about having a diversity of markets and market access is huge. As you kind of touched on there, a number of points. Look, communication is key, obviously, at the moment, and it is a very difficult set of circumstances. But the outlook for the rest of the year, you mentioned some of them emerging markets. There is a positivity there when things reset back to normal. In terms of global numbers and what New Zealand and is going, I think you mentioned that previously, more of what's going into China and out in Europe. So there is a few promising outlooks on the sector for the coming year, should things reset. Yes, and and, and I think the question is how things will reset. Um, there is a kind of, we've seen China and China is 11, 11 weeks ago went into this COVID-19 situation. Only yesterday, Wuhan uh, started to to open up its uh, free people moving around. Even within China, and just talking to one of my colleagues there in our, in our Shanghai office there this morning, uh, food service is coming back but still not back up to 100%. So it, it's gradually moving it back up and getting it back up to normal operating levels. But at the moment, food service is still something like 50% in, in operational capacity. Now that will move on. And I suppose what, what has happened in China, and we've seen China got on top of this problem, it has managed the problem, and now life is getting back to normal situation for 2020, and particularly in Europe and in, in terms of our, our export markets, this normalization or this resetting will be a gradual thing. Um, 2020 won't be about its challenges, but I think probably the most important thing we can do as either producers is, um, I suppose, let's let's focus on producing a good product and and uh, ensure that we're producing to the best possible ability. Um, from from a Borbeas perspective, and we work in partnership with our stakeholders, uh, including ourselves and Chagas, including meat processors, but it's about engagement and dialogue, dialogue with our customers and ensuring that we're close to them uh, and we're positioning our product and positioning it well that when things get back into the normal momentum that we're there and, and um, we're regarded as we have built a strong reputation, but we're a product of preference when they're looking for lamb. I think that's probably a good point to finish up on Declan. Thanks very much for going over your time. Next and summary of where the market's at. Hopefully we'll catch up with you again later on, Neil. No problem. We're going to finish the episode up at this point. I'd like to thank Declan again for taking the time out to join us and covering a lot of aspects of what's happened in the lamb trade over the past 12 months and in more recent weeks and where he sees it going to. There is more information available on the Borbia website. I've included the details in the description and their Twitter address. Again, for any other updates on the sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Ovicast. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.